Hell on earth has been unleashed in the People's Republic of China. And as usual, the Chinese people are the first victims of the CCP as Xi Jinping prepares for his coronation just weeks away in China. We're going to get into all that and more. But first, I want to remind everyone that America Fest is coming up December 17th to 20th, Phoenix, Arizona. Go to amfest.com. Use promo code POSA for 25% off to see myself, Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, and Steve Bannon, including Kylie McEnany, Candace Owens, Lauren Chen, Mike Lindell himself, Ali Stuckey, Lauren Boebert, and the great Tim Poole. That's right, amfest.com, promo code POSO. You'll see it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is October 11th, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's top headlines, the People's Republic of China has become a zero COVID hell. Yes, that's true. Next up, we're going to ask the question, has Elon Musk been speaking with Vladimir Putin? Third, 30,000 voter registration mailers were sent to non-citizens in Colorado. And then finally, Watchman creator Alan Moore warns that modern adults are being infantilized and indoctrinated by superhero media. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. So we're hearing all of these new statements coming out saying that it turns out, like all the conspiracy theorists said, that they weren't actually sure what the efficacy of the vaccines were before they were introduced. But the marketing team didn't care. The marketing team put them everywhere. And the marketing team then joined up with little trolls like Anthony Fauci and decided to become effectively the kings of our nation and decree that you would lose your job, you could lose your savings, you could lose your ability to be in the military, you'd be kicked out of school if you didn't get your vaccinations. Well, what's going on right now in China, what's the CCP up to? Because again, we're only a few days away from the 20th National Party Congress in China where Xi Jinping is expected, and I laid this all out back in February in Newsweek in an, in an op-ed that I wrote, that Xi Jinping will not be deposed by any of the various factions. If anything, he's poised to receive another term, an unprecedented third term, putting him on track to be chairman for life of the CCP, one of which we have not seen since the days of Chairman Mao, this paramount leader. But from the New York Times, China is facing its largest flare-up of COVID cases in a month, complicating the preparations for the upcoming 
Uh, they're talking about the National Party Congress. Daily COVID counts have more than doubled. The tally remains tiny by global standards. But Chinese authorities are under immense pressure to ensure that nothing disrupts the Party Congress, which starts October 16th. How have they responded? Lockdowns across regions and cities of tens of millions of people. Mass testing, mass quarantines, disrupting life for millions of people. Why is this? Because they're going in on this completely insane strategy of zero COVID. But again, when you're a totalitarian regime like the CCP, that's what you always go in for. Remember, Chairman Mao always did this when it was the great leap forward. And they said, well, they said, Chairman, uh, the uh, the crops are being eaten by locusts. They're being eaten by locusts. And they say, well, what do we do? Uh, to how do we how do we have more of this? Well, they kill all the birds. Whereas they killed all the bugs. Then they killed all the birds. But the problem is the birds were the ones that ate the bugs. So the bugs came back and the bugs ate all of the harvests. This is how you got the great leap forward and tens of millions of people starved to death. It was one of the greatest human atrocities to ever occur. Chairman Mao killed more people than anyone else on the face of the planet, and he did so to his own country in peacetime, not even in war. It wasn't even a civil war. He just killed them just because. So what are you seeing here? Again, this is totalitarianism. Wally Lam, an adjunct professor of politics at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, said, the China's pandemic strategy is almost a political campaign to show loyalty to Xi Jinping himself. This makes the local officials even more anxious because they all want to stay in the good graces of Xi Jinping. At a meeting chaired by Sun Xiaocheng, the top party official of Inner Mongolia, officials were instructed to stop infections by, quote, by killing chickens with a knife for slaughtering cows to play on a Chinese idiom to indicate that overkill was desired. They are going full on overkill, even in Hainan, which is essentially the Hawaii of China. They're implementing these lockdowns. They're implementing mass testings. They're turning all of the entire country into an open air prison. Why? Simple. Because Xi Jinping's coronation ceremony is coming up next. And I know there's been a lot of people in the West that say, oh, the CCP is about to fall. It's almost done for. They're never going to have another chance to, they're going to lose. Xi Jinping is, no, you fools. They're parading it in front of your eyes. The CCP is loyal to Xi Jinping. They're terrified of invoking the wrath of Xi Jinping, and they're persecuting their own people out of a display of fealty. This is kowtowing. This is deference to the emperor. We've been talking about Public Square here on Human Events Daily for months now. And I got to tell you, they are racing up the charts. They're getting so many new downloads. Why? Well, go look what PayPal just did. PayPal just threatened to shut you down and take money out of your account, thousands of dollars out of your pocket if you spread, quote unquote, misinformation. So the mission of Public Square is the mission that America needs today. We need a parallel economy. Because these woke companies are dividing us, these banks are taking our money away because they disagree with our political views, and our supply chain is dependent on countries that work against our values, like the CCP. It's time for a change, and that change starts now. Human Events Daily, we are still partnering and continuing expanding our partnership with Public Square. They're a directory of freedom-loving businesses. 
All you do, you download the Public Square app. You then connect with your local community or online businesses that share your values. You can support local restaurants that support local farms, coffee shops that took a stand against COVID, or banks that, would, that will and would never cancel you. Download the Public Square app. It's on Apple App Store or Google Play. Just go ahead and begin your search. By the way, if you have a business, you can list it for free right there so your community can find you. That's Public Square, Public SQ. Elon Musk has sent several tweets throughout Monday. The kind of two key points on them were, first, that he suggested that there should be a negotiated settlement over the war in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. In a separate tweet, and the one you see on your screen, he implies that Crimea, which is an annexation uh, of Russia's, should remain with Russia for good. But there's been a pretty sharp reaction uh, from all corners of, of, of social media and diplomatically to what Elon Musk has had to say. Including from President Zelensky himself, uh, Zelensky responding with a Twitter poll of his own. Which Elon Musk do you like more? One who supports Ukraine or one who supports Russia? Well, so there's been an interesting development on the Elon Musk front. I, I think it's so amazing that the future of our entire civilization now is being decided essentially by celebrity drama all around Elon Musk. So whether it's Kanye West popping off on Twitter and Instagram, whether it's Vladimir Putin and uh, Ukraine going at it in Eurasia and the Donbass and these other regions, whether it's nuclear war, again, Elon Musk, and of course, Elon also poised to take over Twitter. He finds himself at the center of all of these things, all of these, this confluence of activity, these various different vectors all seem to merge on the locus point that he's Elon Musk himself. And he's a free actor. He certainly is a free actor on the world stage. So it's very interesting where he comes down on this. So there is a report from Ian Bremmer that was written up in Vice State. Now, who's Ian Bremmer? Ian Bremmer is this arch uh, neoliberal, totally believes in the globalism system, totally believes that this is the best way forward for the United States and certainly for humanity, just died in the wool uh, you know, works for the or doesn't work for the economist, but reads the economist every day, writes in the economist. He is the go-to guy when it comes. I actually, ran into some of his guys in uh, in Davos. They're very polite, right? But we have our differences of opinion, shall we say? We used to follow each other. We don't anymore. And with Ian, he says in his piece that the world's richest man, Elon Musk, spoke directly with Vladimir Putin, and that. This was this occurred prior to Elon putting that poll up and that Ian Bremmer wrote that Putin was prepared to negotiate, but only if Crimea remained Russian, if Ukraine accepted a form of permanent neutrality and Ukraine recognized Russia's new annexation of Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson and Zaporizhia, those four regions. Well, Elon Musk has responded by saying that he did actually talk to, to Vladimir Putin, but it turns out was all the way back a year and a half ago, not just recently. But of course, the left, the very online blue check Twitter is losing their minds with the pedophile supporters over at the Lincoln Project stating, the Logan Act makes it illegal for US citizens to engage in unauthorized foreign diplomacy, including to influence the measures or conduct of any foreign government or to defeat the measures of the United States. So, they're saying that Elon should be prosecuted under the Logan Act, 
even though, of course, Elon wasn't negotiating on behalf of the United States. Elon was merely having a conversation with Vladimir Putin, which, by the way, you're allowed to do. Um, that's different than actually making a negotiation on behalf of a government. But of course, you know, Lincoln Project doesn't even care about that. All they care about are little boys. And so the question I have to say is, why can't someone go and talk to Vladimir Putin? Send Dennis Rodman over there if you have to. Have Trump send him on a jet. Go over, land in Moscow, have somebody sit down. Then you get from Moscow to Kiev, however you got to do it. You got to maybe you got to go through Istanbul to be safe. We need more dialogue. We need more communication. President Trump's been calling for this every single day. The threat of nuclear war is a danger to every single man, woman and child on the planet. And the fact that you have a very vocal group of people stating that they want to stop anyone who's talking about peace because they want to escalate us into World War III makes you really wonder whose side they're actually on. Are they actually in this for helping make the world better or are they in this for enriching themselves? And they've gone too far over their heads and they've started essentially believing their own BS. I think that's where we're at. These people are fake. Don't believe them. We know for sure now that non-citizens are voting. The question is how many and how big of an issue it is. But how are non-citizens registering to vote in the first place? That question's a little harder to answer. There's no evidence yet of any fraud. Instead, the bureaucracy appears partially to blame because the state is signing up many of these non-citizens when they go get an ID or a driver's license. Take this case, for example. Tarrant County canceled a voter registration for a man in Hearst. He checked the no box, though, saying he is not a U.S. citizen, yet the state still registered him to vote. Same story with another woman in Fort Worth. She said she was not a U.S. citizen, but Texas put her on the voter rolls anyway. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. First and foremost, if you're an illegal immigrant, you should not be getting a driver's license in any state of the United States. No official government regulation, no official facility, entity, or organization of the U.S. government, state government, municipal government should be issuing any kind of ID to an illegal immigrant knowingly unless it's a summons for court or a deportation order. We can't do this anymore as a society. We have to take this seriously. And when I look at it now, 30,000, and the Post-Millennial has a story, 30,000 voter registration mailers sent to non-citizens in Colorado. Now, of course, the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, said none of these people will ever be registered to vote. We're never, yeah, fat chance, Jenna. Fat chance. We really believe you on this one. And it's not like there isn't an election year coming up. The question is why? Why are they doing this? Why is the Department of Revenue doing this? You see, this is what happens when states become sanctuary states, when municipalities become sanctuary cities. You set up toxic incentives where one system isn't talking to the other system. We have, we have a couple of problems in this country um, that can be summed up with umbrella terms. And one of those is a problem. Uh, it's, it's a twofold problem because all of the systems in the United States are overcomplicated. 
Have you noticed that? We have an over-complexity problem in the United States. And so we've created these systems that are so hard to navigate that they've become Kafka-esque. They've actually become labyrinthine, Byzantine, to figure out, you know, go try to, um, you know, unregister someone to vote if they're an illegal alien. Go try to audit an election. Go try to, you know, even even in some cases, just basic things like like car insurance, health insurance, et cetera. Actually have an issue with any of those agencies, you'll never figure out what happened. You'll never get a chance. So the problem of overcomplexity is compounded by the problem in the United States of under competency, under competency. So you have incompetent people and overly complex systems. Try getting a refund anywhere, just anywhere in the United States right now, getting a refund for anything other than like a small business. Any of these large corporations, good luck, absolute good luck getting your refund at any time. Okay. It's not going to happen. Filing a complaint and actually having someone get back to you. And so what do I mean by that? I want to say, that the bureaucracy is the problem, but we've gotten to the point in the United States that we have Soviet levels of bureaucracy between these corporate entities, between government entities, and the actual people, the citizens and consumers of this country. And this is a problem where, and I'm sure conservatives aren't, you know, they're gonna, fo of course, you know, focus obviously on the fact that non-citizens are being registered to vote and the fact that our elections are broken. We know that our elections are broken. I think that's, I don't think that's an actually something that's come in question, but we've got broken elections and broken systems everywhere you look in this country. Our infrastructure is crumbling. We have bridges and buildings that just fall down. You've got situations now where there, a couple of years ago, there was a pipeline in the South that had an issue. Um, and they tried to find someone to go out and fix it manually. And they realized they didn't have anyone on staff that knew how to manually fix the pipeline because all the people who could do that had already retired. We don't have people in the US Navy that know how to navigate using star charts and celestial navigation. They're starting to try to bring that back at the, at the, uh, at the Naval Academy in Annapolis. But the question is, we've given up and given over so much of our freedoms, so much of the power in our society to these nameless, faceless corporate and government bureaucracies. And the question is, are the people ever going to get any of that power back? I think that it's a fair comment yeah. that our approach to culture has, um, in the mainstream, has degenerated. Mm. The, the values that people used to put into a work of art, those have been eroded. I wasn't saying that all culture in the late 20th century was rubbish. Mm. I wasn't saying that culture was doomed. I was saying that mainstream culture um, was becoming repetitive, um, was not having original ideas, would no longer be capable mm. of coming up with a performance let alone I throw up in the opera. So that's Alan Moore, the creator of Watchmen, the creator of The Killing Joke, V for Vendetta, so many incredible stories. But he also did a new interview that just came out where he said that if you look at modern culture, specifically superhero movies and superhero uh, culture, superhero art, that it's infantilizing and indoctrinating modern adults. He pointed out these stories are meant for children and that children 
are meant to think in those ways, good versus evil, black versus white. But then as you get older, you discover the world is more complex. And yet he pointed out that it seems as though there's hundreds of thousands of adults now lining up for children's movies. Again, movies that are made for 12-year-old boys. Culture and content that was intended for 12-year-old boys. He actually apologized for the role that he played in the maturization of graphic novels and comics back in the 1980s. Because, of course, you look at V for Vendetta, you look at From Hell, some of these stories that he did. He's responsible for a lot of the start of this in the late 80s. But one point that he made there, I think, is very interesting, the indoctrination angle. Because go look at what Marvel just did this week. They put out a new comic book in conjunction with Pfizer. With all the Marvel superheroes, the Avengers, Captain America and the rest coming out and saying, hey, get your vaccine. You're a real superhero, too, if you get your vaccine. So if you notice, there's this new axis of people who love Star Wars, love Marvel, but then also love the current thing, whether that current thing be some war thousands of miles overseas, whether that be vaccinations, whatever it is, whatever that thing is. Or, by the way, going after your fellow countrymen because the media and the government and the regime tell you that they're domestic terrorists and insurrectionists. This has been perpetuated, Alan Moore states, by the fact that people are still thinking in terms of superhero movies as they get older. And I think that's fascinating. I think that's amazing that you have somebody at that level, someone who was part of this, someone who was part of the early wave of this shift, to the point where we realize that so many people are not graduating to that older, they're not growing up, they're living in an area of simply arrested, uh, continuing prepubescence into their 30s, in some cases into their 40s. Just consume whatever the next product is. Don't think about anything. Hey man, you're not cool if you didn't get your vax yet. Have you seen the latest Avengers? Hey man, go post your latest NAFO meme or whatever it is. This is what the problem in our society is today, because it's either you're with us or you're against us. And certainly there are conservatives who've played into this as well. But the problem goes a lot deeper and it's an axis I think is very interesting that Alan Moore has pointed out. And that is all the time we have tonight here on Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends. And then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Seriously, give us a review. They're very, very helpful. What did we talk about today? People's Republic of China has become a zero-COVID hell. As Xi Jinping hurdles towards his coronation. Next, Elon Musk denied meeting with Putin or speaking with Putin but says that he has spoke to him in the past. Next, 30,000 voter registration mailers sent to non-citizens in Colorado. And then finally, Watchman creator Alan Moore warns that modern adults are being infantilized and indoctrinated by superhero media. We've got a huge week in store for us. If you haven't listened, watched, by the way, our special yesterday with uh, Columbus that we conducted with myself, Libby Edmonds, go give that a shot. Also, the new Turning Point special is available at TPOSA and Salem Now. So go to Salem Now and watch Border Battle, the new and fantastic documentary that's just come out all about the battle at the border. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, October 11th, 
1976, the Gang of Four, including the widow of Mao Zedong. So Mao Zedong's wife himself, even after he died. So the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution have taken place. All these people have dead. They're not sure what's going on. What did the CCP do? They mopped up the whole operation. They blamed it on Mao's wife. They blamed her a bunch of her friends. And then she, quote unquote, committed suicide in prison. What a way to go, folks. What a way to go. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. And remember, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.